0: Welcome back, everybody, to Story, Simple, Spirit, a podcast on how to make sense of scripture. My name is John McCambridge, and I am joined, as always... I'm Jackie Mitchell. By Jackie Mitchell. Uh, Jackie, we are now in December. Yeah. And so we've got Christmas holidays coming up. And so uh, one of the personal questions I wanted to ask you is, are you nervous that your family is going to treat you differently now that you're a famous podcaster?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I expect some, some... Some signatures, some autograph signing.
0: <laughs> now, do you charge for your autographs? Well,
1: it depends. Yeah. It yeah. depends on who it is. Yeah. Immediate family, no. Cousins, maybe. You know?
0: You know how um, there's like uh, this thing in like a lot of like rap music that's like when they become famous and rich, all of a sudden people claim to be their like cousins yeah. and stuff, like I knew trying to trying yeah. to get into the people become rich and famous. Yeah. That, that's happening to me. People
1: are doing that to people us. Are just popping up all for over sure. the place yeah. saying they're
0: my cousin. <laughs> So they know that we got that podcast money now. And so it changed his relationships, you know? Right. That's what Biggie said.
1: Oh, Biggie said that?
0: More money, more problems. And he was
1: probably saying that about the Story Symbol Spirit podcast.
0: I think prophetically, maybe <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, so, okay. all right. So, Jackie, listen, today we see the beginnings of Jacob's children. Mm-hmm. And so the reason this is important is because Jacob's children are going to become the sons of Israel. Jacob's name is going to get changed to Israel. And then his children... Uh, then are the sons of Israel. And I think we said this maybe before, but anytime throughout the Old Testament, when you see the word Israelite in English, mm-hmm. that's basically the the wooden Hebrew translation is sons of Israel, mm-hmm. right? So the 12 sons kind of, we'll get to this in a second, kind of become the 12 tribes of Israel. yeah. And uh, And so this is the beginning of all of that. So the family situation that we've been looking at is complicated because mm-hmm. Jacob's uncle Laban has kind of trapped him. And tricked Jacob into marrying both of his daughters, yeah. which we talked about last time. Uh, one of whom Jacob loves, Rachel, mm-hmm. and one of whom he does not seem to love as much,
1: or at least it's not the one he wanted. Yeah, it's not the one he was working for. Leah. Yeah.
0: Right. Poor Leah. And so uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that dynamic because mm-hmm. that's actually important. But we should probably recap a little bit before we mm-hmm. before we get into it. So, mm-hmm. uh, what what happened in the last chapter? How do we get to where we are now?
1: Yeah. So Jacob was working for his his uncle Laban. Right. And Laban had basically said, If you want to marry my daughter, Rachel, by the way, the younger of the two. Right. You have to work for seven years. Yep. And Jacob's like, dude, I love her so much, no problem. And he works for seven years and to him it feels like just a couple days, it says, mm. which we think is really sweet. Um, and then, so they have a wedding feast Mm -hmm. and Laban kind of does a swap with the daughters, right? So Jacob wakes up the next day and he's like, well, this is Leah. (laughs) And Laban says, you know, it's not our custom here to swap the older and the younger. And we said, that's like kind of an insult to what Jacob did to his brother Esau. Right. You know? So then after that, Laban says, well, I'll give you Rachel as well, but you have to work for another seven years. Right. And he agrees.
0: Yeah, so um you know the relationship is not great because uh Laban you know at first treats him like a son. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Treats him he calls him bone and flesh, flesh mm-hmm. and blood. But um then when he kind of finds out that maybe uh Jacob doesn't have the same riches that Abraham had showed up with before. Yeah, he just Abraham's shows up by himself. Yeah. Up with, yeah. it seems like his position gets downgraded. He becomes a hired hand, mm-hmm. which uh he gets paid wages but uh he's not a part of the family Mm -hmm. right i mean Mm -hmm. you don't you don't pay you know family members to work
1: right do a chore time
0: right so um uh so so the the relationship is somewhat precarious and then there's this whole wife swap situation Mm -hmm. and now he's got two wives uh and if you want more detail that's episode 44 Mm -hmm. so kind of go back and listen to that But, but before we we get into this one of the things i want to point out and I think this is very important. I think that this is missed a lot when people read Genesis and when people think about the Christian life and spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. So one of the main themes of Genesis, I think, is the theme of deception.
2: Mm.
0: And so it began in Genesis 3 when the serpent deceives Eve. And so the fall of man is based upon the deception mm-hmm. brought about by, by, by Satan And then there's this battle uh, of the woman who's the protector of the seed versus the serpent. And then the seed himself versus Mm -hmm. the serpent. And so the seed is kind of like the line of, of, of God's salvation. Mm -hmm. And then the serpent is working to undo that. And the way that the serpent operates is deception because it's the only thing that he has.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. So uh, when he's cast down into the dirt in Genesis three, he's cast down into a kingdom of dust and ashes. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so, uh, the devil has nothing to offer anybody, right? But he offers us the world, uh, and that's because he's a deceiver, because mm-hmm. he's a liar, and so uh, this is the way that that evil operates. Now, because the woman in the seat are doing battle against Satan and his plan, deception is necessary and good if it's used against the devil,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if it's used against evil. And so when it's used in that way by God's people, it's actually a good thing. It's Mm -hmm. not typically the way that we think about deception, right? We kind of think like lying, deception is bad. Well, it depends on if it's for God's purposes, Mm -hmm. right? Now, as sinful humans, we have to be very careful because we will tend to do horrible things and say that it's for God's purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, But genuinely speaking, uh, to deceive the evil one Mm -hmm. is one of the things that we are to do, Mm -hmm in our life as disciples mm-hmm. of, of Jesus. And you see it begin here. And so um, one one way to think about this and the way that the Bible kind of puts this out there socially is that when the strong deceive the weak mm-hmm. in order to exploit them, yeah, that's satanic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's deception of the devil. But when the weaker, who in many of the cases so far are the ones who God chooses, use deception against the tyrant
2: mm-hmm.
0: who's working for mm-hmm. Satan, uh, that deception is actually mm-hmm. good, and so we saw Abraham and Isaac kind of deceive tyrants like Pharaoh and Abimelech mm-hmm. with their when they were talking about their wives, mm-hmm. right? And we argue that that maybe as opposed to the way that a lot of times this is interpreted, maybe that's actually good mm-hmm. because they're using deception against those who are on the side of the deceiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we saw Isaac, you know, kind of lose his vision and mm-hmm. both spiritual and physical. And he started to kind of act tyrannical. Mm-hmm. And he was going to give the covenant away to Esau, even though God made it clear that that's not what mm-hmm. he wanted. And so in that way, Isaac is acting deceitful and tyrannical, trying to bless the one that God does not want to be blessed. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca and Jacob's deception of Isaac in that sense is a deception of, of, of a tyrant, mm-hmm. one who's working against the purposes of God. And so in that way, we argue that that's actually good too. Mm-hmm that Rebecca is technically the one who puts the plan in action. And that Mm -hmm. that's a heroic act in that moment to protect Mm -hmm. the plan of God. So we are going to see Jacob begin to have children. And these are the children of the promise. These are covenant carriers of God. And this is the beginning of the transformation of a family into a nation. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of at this point Mm -hmm. where it's like the family of Abraham is starting to become a nation because Mm -hmm. these are the 12 sons who are going to become the sons of Israel, mm-hmm. the, the 12 tribes. And uh, so in in this saga, there's going to be more deception. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see Jacob deceive Laban in a couple chapters, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're laying this theme out is because it depends on how, what you think about deception as a theme in Genesis as to whether it's good or bad that Jacob deceives Laban.
1: Yeah, you have to look at the intent behind it, right? Right.
0: And who Laban represents and who Jacob represents, Mm. right? And so it's never quite as simple as saying, you know, this is bad and this is good. Mm. Everything in our experience is contextual and it depends on, you know, whose behalf you're genuinely working for, Mm -hmm. right? So if you start to exploit people in the name of God to glorify yourself, you are working for the devil. Yeah. And so you can say all you want that you're doing this for God and so your deception is okay, but that's not true. And God knows that and the judgment of God will parse mm-hmm. that out. Mm-hmm. But to work against the devil, who's a deceiver to use deception is mm-hmm. one of the things you're going to see throughout the Bible by the people of God. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually think that that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that in our battles today, we we use deception against mm-hmm. the devil and we should. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll uh, probably tackle that theme a little bit more as we go forward. But uh, before we get into the, the actual scripture, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, please like, and subscribe, give us a rating and a review. Share with a friend. And so let's begin. Genesis 29, 31 through 35.
1: When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children.
0: Yeah, so four kids, right? From wow. Leah. And so uh, if you look at that first verse, um, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. Mm. Uh, I think that one of the things that we've seen so far that is going to continue is that there is a real sense in the scriptures that God sides with the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Nothing that has happened so far in this saga is Leah's fault.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: She didn't ask for this. And her father is probably doing something somewhat against her will Mm -hmm. by giving her to to Jacob.
1: Yeah, who wants to be given as a wife to someone who really wanted their sister. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And now Jacob is treating her like she's secondary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in that way, she is oppressed relationally, mm-hmm. and she's unloved at least compared to Rachel. Jacob, her husband, prefers Rachel, and he's made that very clear. Yeah. So, so Leah has been rejected, right? Um, in in the Bible, um, the the actual word is that that Leah was hated. Mm. But in the Bible, that word hatred it, it has you know kind of a, a wide semantic range, and rejected is kind of my my favorite way to think about it. Mm-hmm. So, when we get to the point where it says that that uh, Jacob was loved, and Esau he hated. Yeah, it's Esau he rejected mm-hmm. as his covenant carrier mm-hmm. because he sold, yeah, his birthright. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's kind of what what is going on with these sisters, and so God sees this, and remember this this symbolic, you know track, a vision that we've been seeing, God sees correctly. Mm-hmm. But when we see with our own eyes, we see incorrectly, but God sees correctly. He sees that she's being rejected. And so he acts on her behalf. And it kind of sounds like he vindicates her because she's rejected. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I think it's interesting because we can sometimes read a narrative like this. And because we're angry at the situation for happening to Jacob, we can then be like, well, Leah got what she deserves. Mm-hmm. But you're right in saying that nothing's her fault up until this point and so like our judgment of like whether Leah should be loved or rejected or not mm. you know is largely because we don't see correctly and we want like this this yeah. sense of like retribution to happen even on people that don't necessarily like deserve it
0: right yeah because like you know there's this battle going on between Laban and Jacob
2: mm-hmm.
0: but Leah's collateral damage yeah. in this. like yeah. you know she didn't ask for this Yeah. and so it's important to to show that like you know, which we've been doing a little bit that like I think that sometimes Jacob gets a bad rap and so mm-hmm. we've been kind of building his reputation a little bit by the way that we're interpreting some of this stuff but at the same time like he's he has these two wives and he's showing favoritism
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that is going to become a theme
2: mm-hmm.
0: in in the Bible mm-hmm. that that God actually does not mm-hmm. show favoritism mm-hmm. even when he elects and chooses um responsibility comes upon mm-hmm. that right judgment starts with the house of god mm-hmm. and so even those he chooses he actually expects more from
2: mm-hmm.
0: so this this when we set up you know our societies and we set up our families and we set up structures of hierarchy that show favoritism mm-hmm. you know the bible is going to deconstruct that sometimes mm-hmm. and this is this is what happens here and the way that he vindicates her because of what's happening and remember that like the bible does not believe that the main value of a woman is having children mm-hmm. The reason that it's so important in these stories is because we're talking about the seed who's mm-hmm. going to crush the serpent's mm-hmm. head. So having children in the line of of the Messiah is very important. Mm-hmm. So being barren becomes very important. Mm-hmm. Having children becomes very important thematically, right. not necessarily as an description of this is what women are supposed to do yeah. and this is what women are, uh, but because of of the the storyline. And so she has so she has a child. And her, uh, we're going to look at the names of all these children because mm-hmm. they're all meaningful and important. Mm-hmm. And so her first child is Reuben,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is kind of interesting because there's a very sordid story about him later that we'll get to in Genesis. But besides that, we don't really hear a lot about Reuben mm-hmm. in the Bible. And he's the
1: firstborn. He's the
0: firstborn. Yeah. We don't really hear about the tribe of Reuben.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: In the stories. Not popular. We don't really hear his name much. Mm-hmm. You know, we we hear... Uh, about some of these other sons of Jacob, mm-hmm. quite a bit, um, but 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 not really Reuben. And yet he is the firstborn. And so Reuben in Hebrew is is Rahu Ben, and it means look, a son. Oh well, that's <laughs> yeah. Which hey, is, a son. Yeah, look, a nice. son. So Ben is son. So whenever yeah. you see Ben in a mm-hmm. in a name in Hebrew, it means son. And uh, it, that that word Rahu Ben also sounds like he looked on my distress. Mm. or he has looked upon my misery. Mm. So it's kind of interesting that the firstborn in the midst of the woman Leah's distress, Mm -hmm. right? The firstborn comes about in the midst of distress. Mm. Do you remember the curse from Genesis 3?
1: Yeah, childbirth is going to be distressing. It's going to be hard. Right. Yeah.
0: In fact, when we get to the law, uh, women are, you know, quote unquote, unclean after birth Mm. for a period of time. Mm -hmm. This is why.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Not because having babies is unclean thing. In yeah. fact, I mean, the Bible is incredibly positive about procreation, yeah. <laughs> but it's because what the process that a woman goes through when they give birth is a is a, a product of, you know, the, the, the pain mm-hmm. is a product of the fall. Mm-hmm. So then to walk back into the temple of God mm-hmm. and to offer sacrifice and to be in his presence, you go through a period of ritualistic cleansing, yeah. right? Yep. And so again, it's not about, childbirth is icky yeah it's about the fact that uh the pain and the distress that that woman just went through mm-hmm. is a product of the fact that that creation has fallen mm-hmm. right and so the firstborn of israel is born in distress keep that in your mind mm-hmm. in a few chapters we're gonna get to the very last born son mm-hmm. and it's gonna bookend with with births that are in distress and so she hopes that jacob will love her now and stop rejecting her but apparently not because yeah. she has another child whose name is Simeon. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where the, the name Simon comes from, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is Peter's name. And so, so the, the Hebrew is Shimon and it comes from the word Shema. Mm. So we talked about Shema. What mm-hmm. do we say Shema meant?
1: Listen or hear. And mm.
0: what was here Hear kind of,
1: and respond. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: So like- Hear, O Israel, Shema, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, mm-hmm. and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, yeah. with all your mind, with all your strength. And so um, it's to listen, to hear, and then to respond, which is exactly what God does. Mm-hmm. He hears that she's still rejected mm-hmm. by Jacob, that she's still in love, and he responds by giving her another child. Mm. And so we have Reuben, Rahuben, and Simeon, Shimon. And then she has another son. And so she has the third son. She's like, now that I have three sons, my husband will be attached to me. Mm. And so the, the wooden in Hebrew in that sentence is my husband will be joined to me, mm. which is kind of saying that like she, what, what, she's, what she's looking for is for her position to be switched with Rachel.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: So whenever you have, I mean, this is one of the reasons why uh, polygamy is uh, rejected mm-hmm. by the biblical ethic. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have multiple wives, There's going to be some order of hierarchy,
1: yeah. Because Leah and how can you necessarily blame her? Is not looking to be equal with Rachel. She's like, I want the favorable treatment that Rachel gets. Yeah. Right. I don't want to just be, you know, half and half with her. I want to be where Rachel is.
0: Yeah. It's like our positions will be switched. Yeah. uh, And I will be joined Mm -hmm. because I've I've given him three sons. Yeah. Right. Uh, And so this son's name is is Levi, Mm -hmm. uh, Lava. And, uh, um, the, the word comes from, from the Hebrew word Leva, which is, which is from that, uh, joined to be joined. Mm, right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, you name him Levi and she has a fourth son
2: mm-hmm.
0: and finally gets <laughs> the idea maybe that she has no hope in Jacob. And so instead of saying, maybe Jacob will love me now, she says, this time I will give thanks to Yahweh. Yeah.
1: I like that. This time I'll thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> And so the fourth son is named Judah Yehudah, mm-hmm. which means he will be praised. So Yahweh will be praised, yeah. right? Um, and so these are the first four sons. And these mm-hmm. sons are all going to have important parts of the story uh, in in the rest of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Judah is going to become the promised seed carrier, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting because he's not going to be such a great character no, no. in the Bible. And he's kind of going to be forgotten until David comes from the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. right? And um, uh, Jacob, when he's dying, blesses his sons, and he says to Judah unexpectedly that the scepter will never pass from your hands. Yeah. The scepter is the tool of the king, and so uh, it's interesting. Like we'll get into why that happens and how that happens, and, and why that's surprising. Um, Levi is going to become the the tribe that mm-hmm. where the people who take care of the temple. It's going to mm-hmm. become the tribe of the priests. The priests yeah, um, and so they're going to be somewhat special. Uh, and, and so, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that as, as we go forward. Mm -hmm. So that was the end of Genesis 29, which we looked at last time. Yeah. And so we'll go into Genesis 30. Let's just do the first six verses of Genesis 30.
1: When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob, any children, she became jealous of her sister. So she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Then she said, here is Bilhah, my servant." sleep with her so that she can bear children for me. And I too can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife. Jacob slept with her and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan.
0: Yeah, so Leah is uh, uh, having children and Rachel's not. Yeah. And so Rachel was very upset about this. She
1: says she'll die. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's being very Give dramatic. Give me children
1: or I'll die. It's yeah. crazy.
0: And you know, that's like when when shame and anger yeah. come into your life, like, mm-hmm. you know, those are the kinds of reactions that mm-hmm. you have. And so she, she like confronts Jacob about it yeah. and kind of blames him. And Jacob's, you know, actually responds well by saying, like, that's not
2: like. Yeah, I
0: can't. I, I, I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Like, this is, that's, am I in the place of God?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you need to be, you know, you need to wrestle with God about this mm-hmm. and, and you need to go to God. And um, the, the common scheme that we've looked at comes about again give me a child through mm-hmm. surrogate mm-hmm. which we said was very very common in the ancient world mm-hmm. right there's no um ivf there's mm-hmm. no you know uh, if you know help like fertility medications mm-hmm. none of that none of that exists in the ancient world and so if you're going to have a family line and a woman can't get pregnant then this is the way that it used to happen yeah through a surrogate through through a servant and uh so, you know, we saw this with Abram and Sarah, uh, Abram mm-hmm. and Sarai and Hagar. And so it's not necessarily good.
1: Right.
0: But it is, it was a common practice at the time. So what happens here. And if you remember uh, the that little detail last chapter, when each wife is given to Jacob, it randomly mentions the name of the maidservant. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. and then Laban gave this servant, yeah. right? And so Bilhah was the one that he gave with with Rachel. Mm-hmm. And that's why that was mentioned before. So it's really not so random. Mm. But Rachel has her first child through through a surrogate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she names him Dan, which means vindicated or judged. Mm. So Daniel, Don, Don L, is God is my judge.
1: Such a cool name. <laughs> or
0: God is yeah. my vindicator, right? Yeah. L. Whenever you see L at the end of a Hebrew it name, it means God. God, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, God is my judge. And so she names him this because it seems like God has righted the wrong, mm. which is what judgment in the Bible is, by the way. Mm-hmm. Some people think judgment is punishment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It can feel like it if you're in the wrong, mm. but judgment is when God writes what's wrong. Yeah. And so um, uh, she, she names him you know, uh, judgment or vindication. And uh, she she it seems like she regards this as an answered prayer mm-hmm. because she gives glory to God. Mm-hmm. So she came to Jacob and yelled at him. And yeah. Jacob said, you should go to God. And yeah. she, and it seems like she did.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because God answered her prayer.
1: Mm.
0: And so it seems like, like honestly, so far, in terms of the women of the family, both women so far love and trust God. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so neither Rachel nor Leah are villains. Mm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you try to kind of like juxtapose them against each other. And mm-hmm. there's certainly drama that we're going to get into here. But, but it, that's not really the way that the narrative is setting it up. It seems like they're both crying out to God. And then thanking him when he answers and trusting in him. And so now Rachel has a son, Dan. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's
0: read seven and eight.
1: Rachel's servant Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I've had a great struggle with my sister and I have won. So she named him Naphtali.
0: Yeah. So this is kind of weird, right? Yeah. Rachel's servant Bilhah gives her a second son. Mm -hmm. And she says, and then Rachel says, I have had a great struggle with my sister and I have won.
1: Interesting, because if you're counting, she's two sons down from
0: yeah, Leah. Yeah, and so for some reason, she thinks this makes her the uh, the winner. Yeah, I don't know. Which is interesting. Like yeah. that, I don't. I don't really think that there's great. You know, I haven't read anything in commentaries that that, except for the fact that, um, you know, maybe Leah was trying to switch positions with her in terms of the favorite wife, and Leah thought she could do that because she was having kids. And now Rachel's having kids. She's
1: like, I'm and having so multiple
0: kids. She's like, so you, don't, you gonna, can't take yeah. my spot, right? He loves me more anyways. Yeah. Something like that. So, so the, what, what it actually says in the Hebrew is, with mighty struggle, I have struggled with my sister mm. and I have prevailed. And so Naftali, which is the son's name, means something like my struggle or my, my mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that's kind of interesting about this is it's a little, it's, I don't think it's the same root word, but to wrestle, Mm-hmm. becomes what Israel's name is. Mm-hmm. Jacob's gets renamed mm-hmm. to wrestles with God, mm-hmm. Yisrael. And so there's something about prayer. Mm. There's something about a, a life with God where you wrestle with him. Mm. You contend mm-hmm. in this world for and with God. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's not that we're against God. It's that we're calling upon him to do the things he promised to do. Mm-hmm. Right? call upon the name of the Lord, the God of the covenant. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of seems like Rachel's doing that
2: mm-hmm.
0: here, right? She's in this kind of wrestle with God. And uh, so, so when Jacob wrestles with God, it's not actually the first time that we see this. She mm-hmm. even names her son, something that means yeah. my, my struggle, yeah. my wrestle. So let's do 9 through 13.
1: When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilphah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilphah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, what good fortune? So she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpha bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, How happy I am. The woman will call me happy. So she named him Asher.
0: Yeah. So, so what is, so now what's Leah's response to Rachel thinking she won?
1: She's like, Oh, you're giving your servant as a surrogate? Let me get my servant. Yeah. This is classic like sibling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And you know, like having children is traumatic mm-hmm. on the body. Mm hmm. And so the idea you know and, and you still see this sometimes with with like uh, especially like a generation ago our, our parents generation with like Catholic families mm-hmm. where a mother would have like 10 12 kids mm-hmm. uh, but not usually mm-hmm. right it's 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 traumatic on 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 your body and on your physical um, well-being and so um you know this it, it doesn't necessarily say that Leah is infertile now mm-hmm. it says she stopped having children yeah who knows what that means mm-hmm. right I mean Jacob doesn't seem to like her that much. So mm-hmm. it could mean that. Yeah. Could mean that that she's something's wrong. She's mm-hmm. in pain, right? Mm-hmm. And so but she doesn't want to stop having kids because here's Rachel.
1: And she says she's won. <laughs> she's declared she's yeah, won. You apparently. can't leave it like she that. You her can't son. Be like, oh, you won? That's-
0: <laughs> yeah. I've wrestled with my sister and won. And so I've named my son Wrestle. I do kinda like, wonder
1: if, you know, do you ever like did you ever fight with your siblings when you were younger? No, no. And you just never, right? And even if you didn't win, you just say, oh, I won. I definitely oh,
0: won
2: that.
0: Yeah. What well, my dad used to do is whenever, like, he'd, like, uh, you know, when we, like, rough house as, like, kids, and I'd, like, punch him, he'd just say, he'd say, missed.
1: <laughs> Even if you hit.
0: And it would make me so mad. <laughs> like, as a kid, you can't, like, control. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah no, like, yeah. No, I hit you. And he's like, you missed. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the same yeah. idea. Yeah. I won. Um, And so she does the same thing, right? So she's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, then I'll give you my servant, Zilla. And so then, uh, um, uh, or Zil, Zil, was it Zilpah?
1: Zilpa, yeah, I think so. Zilpah. Yeah,
0: Zilpa. And so they have a son and Leah names this son Gad, which means good fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Give me good fortune. We had another kid. And then uh, Zilpah conceives again, mm-hmm. has another son. And this son is called Asher. And, and Asher means mm-hmm. happy one. And it's kind of an interesting foreshadowing here because look at what she says. She says, look how happy I am for women will call me happy. Does that remind you of anything? I don't know. Um, so the 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 word in Greek for happy is the same word as blessed. Mm,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So uh, in the Magnificat, mm-hmm. Mary, she says, "My soul magnifies the Lord; my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has regarded the lowliness of His handmaiden,
2: mm-hmm. servant.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, for behold, from now on all generations will call me happy, mm, for mm-hmm. He that is mighty has magnified me; and holy is His name." And so, um you kind of see like almost like a foreshadowing of the Magnificat and the way that Hebrew, you know, uh, uh, kids were raised in the time of even Mary and Joseph, they, they learned these stories.
1: Yeah. They would have known these. Yeah.
0: And so it almost sounds like Mary's quoting, Mm. uh, Leah, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. So then let's do, uh, um, so, so now there's Gad and Asher, right? So let's do 14 through 18.
1: During wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the fields and found some mandrake plants, which he brought to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take my son's mandrakes too? Very well, Rachel said, he can sleep with you tonight and return for your son's mandrakes. So when Jacob came in from the fields that evening, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me, she said. I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he slept with her that night. God listened to Leah and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. Then Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So she named him Issachar.
0: So this is very strange. Yeah. So, you know, what's, what's a mandrake? Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know
0: what a mandrake is? Have you ever heard of it? Yeah,
1: It's a fruit. Yeah. But, you know, I've never had one.
0: <laughs> so some kind of fruit that grows in the Middle East. I think, I don't know if it's the King James version. No, I think King James says mandrake, but... There is a version that calls these love apples,
2: oh. <laughs>
0: which when you read the story and you say love apples instead of mandrakes, it makes Very it funny. a little bit funnier. But um, uh, but but there's this thing in the Song of Songs about mm-hmm. mandrakes. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of gives us a little bit of context as to what they're supposed to mm-hmm. represent. And so Song of Songs 7, 11 through 13, which Song of Songs is kind of steamy. So yeah. just a little right. forewarning. It says, come. My beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded, if their blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom. There, I will give you my love. The mandrakes send out their fragrance, and at our door is every delicacy, both new and old, that I have stored up for you, my beloved. Mm. So, uh, in the, the the Song of Songs, and what we're talking about here in Genesis thirty. Uh, in the verse, the passages you just read is that this is during the wheat harvest, mm-hmm. which is in May,
2: mm-hmm. and May is
0: springtime. Mm-hmm. And there's something about springtime when the leaves are budding, when fruit is blooming, that has always been connected with fertility, mm-hmm. fertility of the earth, fertility of of humans because we're part of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so the mandrakes apparently have a fragrance. Mm-hmm. and apparently that fragrance, according to Song of Songs, is associated with with love mm-hmm. in some way, right? We, we do this with scents sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and so I don't necessarily think we need to make it like the mandrakes or some kind of aphrodisiac or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they are associated with sex and fertility, and so it's intentional that mm-hmm. this conversation is focused around <laughs> mandrakes, and uh, Ruben brings these mandrakes to Leah, mm-hmm. and, Ra- and Rachel wants them, I don't know why. I maybe mean, she's hungry. I mean, it's like, uh, Or
1: maybe she thinks they'll help with fertility. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, there exactly.
0: And so there's obviously some tension here. Mm-hmm. And you see what Leah says to her?
1: You've taken my husband. Now you want to take my son's mandrakes. I know, right? You've taken
0: my husband. Now, um, uh, it's kind of interesting because technically
1: uh-huh.
0: she was the first wife. Yeah. Now, the way that came about was, was sorted.
1: Deception, yeah.
0: But she was the first wife. And then mm-hmm. Rachel... Is given and then Rachel becomes the favorite, mm-hmm. so you can kind of see mm-hmm. this coming up. Now, I think this is interesting. She says, "My sons, Mandrakes." Mm. So she, might she, kind of says, "You have my husband, but at least I have sons."
1: Mm, because Rachel's only had surrogate, right? Sons. So you think she is so, trying to jab at like, why? Well, like my biological sons. The first
0: four sons were from her, mm-hmm. right? Not, not surrogate. Mm-hmm. And so you know, uh, you you took my husband, now you want my son's mandrakes. Mm. And so Rachel <laughs> offers Jacob to Leah.
1: Crazy trade deal.
0: <laughs> and so uh, for a night, I guess. Yeah. And so Jacob comes home and Leah says, uh, in the Hebrew, you must approach me,
2: mm.
0: which is a euphemism, uh, because I've hired you with my son's mandrakes. <laughs> crazy. So think about that word hired and mm. the story that we've gone through so far. Mm. Right. What do you think she's jabbing at Jacob about?
1: I mean, Jacob is basically a hired hand for his uncle, right?
0: That's how all this drama started. Yeah. And he was downgraded, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my flesh and bone, actually you're a hired hand. Mm-hmm. And now Laban is tyrannically
2: mm-hmm.
0: kind of abusing and using Jacob. Mm-hmm. And Leah has somewhat been abused by Jacob mm-hmm. in her in his mm-hmm. lack of love and regard for her and the fact that he's kind of rejected her. Uh, for for Rachel, and so she kind of brings this up. Yeah. Right? Hey, you know you're a hired hand, remember? So so for tonight, I hire you. Just mm. kind of a.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's some sick burns in Genesis. Yeah, you know, really, there is. It. Yeah. And so they have a son, and mm-hmm. she says God has rewarded me, so she names his son Issachar, Yitzachar, uh, which sounds like man of reward or man of wages. Ooh. Sakar, so Yitz. And then mm-hmm. sakar sakar means wages or reward, mm-hmm. right? Because you can kind of think of wages as a reward, as a reward in some way, sure. right?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so you kind of see what's going on here. She hired Jacob with the wages of the Mandrakes, and they had a baby. And this baby is the man of wages. It's <laughs> crazy. And so Leah says, uh, "God has rewarded me for, for giving my servant to my husband, mm. but
1: but she slept with right Jacob.
0: So what is what is uh." this has caused many interpretation issues over the Hmm. year. In fact, uh, people who I always think end up looking kind of stupid have said that this is like, you know, a mistake. Hmm. It's like the author forgot that, (laughs) that this wasn't a surrogate situation. Right. Uh, so, uh, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So, uh, Hmm. he's kind of in the realm of speculation here, but I Mm -hmm. think that maybe what this means is that, uh, When it says that Leah stopped having children Mm -hmm. after the first four, Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that thinks that maybe what that means is that Jacob stopped sleeping with her, Mm -hmm. which is a further uh, movement of rejection. Mm -hmm. And so her response to this is to give her servant. Yeah. Right? So we kind of talked about it like her response to Rachel Mm -hmm. was to give her servant. But actually, maybe it's her response to to Jacob and Mm -hmm. the fact that he's not you know, being a husband to her Mm -hmm. and that sacrifice Mm -hmm. of giving your servant Mm -hmm. is for the purposes of more children Mm -hmm. for the purposes of more kids in the family. And so the, the covenant carrying family. And so I think maybe her interpretation here is that she has been given a son, another son through her as a reward, as
1: a reward for what she did earlier, for what she did earlier. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so let's see, that was, that was Issachar. So Issachar comes about through this whole mandrake business. (laughs) It's interesting. And so then let's do uh, 19 through 24.
1: Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has presented me with a precious gift. This time my husband will treat me with honor because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said, God has taken away my disgrace. She named him Joseph and said, may the Lord add to me another son.
0: Yeah. So uh, Leah has her final son.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Names him uh, Zebulun, mm-hmm. which seems to mean honor, honored one. Mm-hmm. It's going to mean prince in the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So um, she's still looking for honor from jacob mm-hmm. right yeah. there's like this deep wound that you see yeah. in her life that that's actually kind of kind of sad but mm-hmm. um you know she she believes that god is blessing her through mm-hmm. her struggle and so she has zebulun honored one and then she has a daughter mm-hmm. and they name the daughter uh Dina or 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 dinah and this is uh, a f- the female or the feminine version of dan
1: mm.
0: so what did we say that dan meant
1: Like judge or vindication. Yeah,
0: vindication, right? So there's kind of an interesting pattern here that I would just want to point out because this is hard to see. Rachel's first son Mm -hmm. is Dan, right? Through surrogate. And Leah's last son is Dina. Mm. So Rachel's first is Dan, which means vindicated. Leah's last is the feminine version Mm -hmm. of vindicated. Mm. Um, And then... Uh, Rachel's, uh, or, or Leah's first is Reuben, mm-hmm. which means my distress. Mm-hmm. God has seen my distress. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's last, which we won't get to for another few chapters, will be Benjamin. Mm-hmm. But before she dies, she actually names him Ben-Oni, mm-hmm. which means son of my suffering or son of my distress.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, Leah's first and Rachel's last. Are similar. Both mean distress. Yeah. And Leah's and, and uh, uh, Rachel's first and Leah's last both mean uh, judge, vindicated. It's interesting. interesting, right? Yeah. And so it says that uh, God remembered Rachel and enabled her to conceive. And she mm-hmm. names him Joseph, Yosef, uh, may he add mm-hmm. what that means. And she says, may the Lord add it to me another son. <laughs> Uh, but Joseph uh, also sounds like the Hebrew word asaf, which means taken away. And so mm. God has taken away my shame because this son is actually through her.
1: Mm.
0: So Joseph is is
1: her biological her biological son. Yeah. This is
0: not a surrogate son. Um, and so okay, there there we go. The uh, the 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 sons of Israel except for one
2: mm-hmm.
0: have been born. And so there's eleven sons and there's a daughter. Mm-hmm. So there's Reuben. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and a daughter, Dina. Mm. And so actually, uh, I don't know how deep we're going to go into this. I don't know how much it matters. The chronology of this is actually kind of confusing because I don't mm. necessarily think the order in which the sons are born is the order. Uh, in, the, in the order in which the son's birth is presented is necessarily the order in which they're born. Yeah. Because we're talking about a seven-year period here. Yeah. So you can't have children really much faster than a year. Yeah. And each of these women are having quite a few children.
1: Yeah.
0: And finding out that they can't have children. and Yeah, right? and he's got so two like,
1: wives, so we don't know what's going on when. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And so, um, uh, I, the, you know, there, there's arguments to be made that Joseph is not the 11th born mm-hmm. son, but mm-hmm. that... That you know Rachel and Leah are having children somewhat simultaneously through mm-hmm. through this, and mm-hmm. so um, uh, we 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 might we might get into that. But here here's here's what I want to point out: we are forty six episodes in, mm-hmm. and it seems like most of the episodes has have focused on either a promise of children being born or actual children being born.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we've gone through so many genealogies, mm-hmm. so many stories of barrenness yeah. already, the inability yeah. to conceive, and so many stories of births. Mm-hmm. And so the question is why.
2: Right.
0: Why is that such a focus of the Bible? And I think it's because in Genesis three, bearing children will be difficult and fraught, mm-hmm. but the seed comes from the woman and will crush the serpent. Mm-hmm. And so that's what all of this is about. Mm-hmm. All of these stories of births, all these stories of distress of birth, all the stories of not being able to have children, the tragedy of that, the shame of that, uh, the way that God vindicates that, the way that God moves in that, all of that is not, Necessarily, just a commentary on the goodness of having children is a commentary on the line that will mm-hmm. lead to this snake crusher.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. remember, it just says that your offspring. Yeah. So every child that's born in the line might be the one.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's that hope that we don't read into as much when we read right. the narrative. But right. when you're in it, and that's your only hope. That's right. like all you think about.
0: Yeah. Who's the one?
2: Mm.
0: Who's the one? And then this this is going to be the theme, and so you get all the way to the first century. And the reason that, that people get excited about Jesus being the Messiah is because they're looking for one.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, why are they looking for one? Well, they have been already for 2,000 years by the time yeah. Jesus comes, right? Yeah. And so everything in the Old Testament, and I believe we Christians have to read it this way, the Old Testament is messianic.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Points
0: towards what is fulfilled mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in Jesus. And so... Um, we've got all of these, all of these children mm-hmm. for the most part, the women have turned to God and thanked him mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. and they've been grateful and they seem to be seeing this correctly. And like, we kind of talked about, it's interesting, right? Jacob is kind of like a behind the scenes character in all this. Yeah. Doesn't, I mean, besides when he got in the fight with, with Rachel, cause Rachel said, if you don't give me children, I'll die. Yeah. He doesn't speak.
1: Yeah. It's in like this whole The women narrative. are just, Yeah.
0: So the women are the ones that are moving this thing forward. Which
1: we've seen before. Right. Yeah.
0: So it's interesting. Like when you read this through the modern lens and kind of like, you know, uh, I'm not making a commentary on this, but some of the current feminist ideology, Mm -hmm. it seems like these stories are bad because they're focusing so much on women having children. And it's like, well, women are more than their ability to have children. But actually, if you read the story, in my opinion, correctly, what you see is that it's actually women are the ones who are driving redemptive history. Yeah, forward.
1: really. We've seen a lot of that
0: so far. Right. And, uh, you know, it was Rebecca who mm-hmm. kept the seed mm-hmm. and protected it. It was Sarah who mm-hmm. protected Isaac. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these moments where like, remember Abraham, it kind of seemed like preferred Ishmael.
1: Yeah. Because it was yeah. his first son. And he was like, let's just use this one.
0: And then Sarah was the one who protected Isaac mm-hmm. by by casting out mm-hmm. Ishmael, mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to uh, Isaac,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, he wants to give it to Esau,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So he prefers the oldest, yeah. And it's Rebecca, the mm-hmm. wife, who protects the seed by this deception, and so um, you know this this kind of idea that the Bible is uh, you know negative towards. Women mm-hmm. is not true in terms of the macro mm-hmm. narrative of the plot, right? In fact, the what I always talk to people about when when they when they have questions about this is the main metaphor that's used in terms of us and Christ is bride.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's feminine, mm-hmm. and the reason uh, is because uh, you know the 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 Messiah comes through Mary, mm-hmm. not even Mary and Joseph, just mm-hmm. Mary. And so you kind of see this thing where there's actually like an incredible amount of of power and agency and effectiveness that's displayed by women, even in these oldest stories that we have in Genesis. Yeah. And so, um, just kind of an important an important thing to keep in mind as we, mm-hmm. we we read these stories. And this is why it's important to get the context and to get the symbolism and to try to, to you know dive into some of this stuff. And so today we talked about. We, we continued the story, mm-hmm. the narrative. We talked about some of the symbolism of the names mm-hmm. and the symbolism of the mandrakes and yeah. some of the symbolic aspects. And we talked about the spiritual aspect of the fact that all of this is because these sons are being born and these are the potential crushers of the serpent mm-hmm. of Satan mm-hmm. and, and the, the powers of evil and darkness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so the, the, the story, symbol, spirit, hermeneutic moves forward.
1: And this is the last... Um, generation that we'll see in in Genesis, correct? We've we're gonna focus in on this family. Yeah, I mean, yes, this becomes the
0: family that we start to to that that we end Genesis with, right? And so, like you know, Joseph becomes the hero of Genesis. He Mm -hmm. was just born right here, Mm -hmm. right? And so we'll see how the rest of it plays out until.
1: until So really, we're cruising. So we're cruising. Yeah.
0: We're, we're we're moving. I mean, we also didn't finish this this chapter today. But we started uh, halfway through the last. We started halfway one, through so the other kinda, one, and you know, and I'm I, we're trying to do this in like chunks that make sense yeah. because the the story changes next time. Yeah, like the, in the next episode. So it's in the middle of the chapter, but it like changes, and so yeah. right. like we want to make sure that our theming is proper. Like, <laughs> gotta focus on what we can focus yeah. on in front of yeah. us. So, um, all right. So so next next week we will pick up at Genesis thirty verse 25 Mm -hmm. and read the next section of the story. You got anything else for us today? That's it. All right, well, thank you everybody. And we'll see you next week on Story Simple Spirit.